Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. I'm going to go ahead and jump in the text. I'm excited about what God has in store for you today. Spoiler alert, uh, Facebook told you we were talking about Samson today. They lied. All right? Actually, I lied to them. On Tuesday, I brought it up to the staff. I knew better than this because I asked them, I said, well, I, I'm stuck in the middle, Pastor Michelle. Should I preach on Gideon or should I preach on Samson? And everybody said Samson. There's a rebellious spirit in me to do the opposite of what anybody tells me what to do. And I really had it. And I have so many notes next week, Kenneth, for Samson. And and, and you guys be here for that because I really believe God has something in store. But I believe this word is for somebody today because I couldn't get away from Judges chapter 6. And I know it's a story we've all read and it's one that we all know just like what we've been reading. But I believe today, from a street corner view, God's going to show us something big. How many of y'all ready for what God has in store for us? So this is the life of Samson, Gideon. Praise the Lord. You ready? It says, Then the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Verse 2, The powerful hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of Midian, the sons of Israel made for themselves the dens, hideouts, which were in the mountains and on the caves and the mountain strongholds. I know I'm pointing my fingers at Israel right now because I've never gone into a hiding place before. Only they did that. Come on, let me see a show of hands if you've ever tried to hide from God before or something that's going on in your life. All right, very good. I believe this is already for us. For it was whenever Israel had sown their seed that the Midianites would come up with the Amalekites and people of the east and go up against them. So they would camp against them and destroy the crops of the land as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents and they would come in in numerous as locusts. But they and their camels were uh, innumerable, numerable, so they, they came into the land to devastate it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because the Midianites and the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Now it came about when they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, verse 8, that the Lord sent a prophet to Israelites. And he said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery. And I rescued And I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, from the hand of all who oppressed you, and and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to and obeyed my voice. Now, verse 11, this is where where we're going to really hit it home today. Now, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree at Oprah, or Ophrah. I think it's Oprah, isn't it? It's so hard for me. He sat next to Oprah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I want to go on from there, but I'm not going to. Which belonged to Joash the Abizurite, Abizurite, and his son Gideon was beating wheat in the wine press instead of the threshing floor to hide it and save it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, O brave man. I'm sure somewhere in your translation it says, O mighty man of valor. But Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, 
Then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his wondrous works, which our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in his strength, go in this strength and yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Go in the strength that you have. Oh man, get ready. But Gideon said to him, please, Lord, how am I to rescue Israel? Behold, my family is the least significant Manasseh, and I am the youngest, smallest in my father's house. The Lord answered him, I will certainly be with you, and you will strike down the Midianites as if there was only one man. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God that builds our faith, that encourages us, that takes us where we need to go. That we're not led, God, by our feelings of what we feel. We're not led by what we see. We're not led by what's going on around us. God, I just prayed for the spiritual law to be in us today. That the spoken word, the meditated word, and the acting upon the word would produce a crop of life in each and every one of us. And so, Lord, I just pray that today as the word goes forth, that it doesn't return void, but it accomplishes what it's meant and it's sent to do. And Lord, as we look at this life of Gideon, I pray, God, that we would reflect on that. And Lord, we would take his highs and put them in our life. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so thankful you came to church today. All right. Amen. Well, if you haven't been here over the last uh, uh couple of days or a couple of weeks. Thank you, Isaac. It's awesome. Uh, last couple of weeks. How many of y'all been here the last couple of weeks, what we've been talking about? All right. Sounds good. Well, if, if, you've, if you haven't been here, we've been talking about people of impact. And we started, we kicked this series off talking about uh, Joseph of Arimathea, how in the King James it says he begged for the body of Christ. And uh, I'm believing for unity in the body of Christ. How many of y'all is with me today that we're believing for unity in the body of Christ? Can we get past our, our personal beliefs and those opinions and things like that and stand on the truth of this, that Jesus died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again? How many of y'all thankful for Jesus today? Amen? And we talked about the Red Sea. In fact, it's very important that we remember the Red Sea of how Jesus, or, or Jesus, yes, but God uses, raises up this man named Moses that uh, the people of Egypt or Israelites knew in the land of Egypt, uh, he used him as a deliverer to bring them out of a place of slavery in this place where the, the Pharaoh was over them. And now they go through the Red Sea. It's a miracle thing, but they go into the wilderness for some time. <clears throat> and then last week, we looked at the faith of Joshua in Joshua chapter 10 of how he asked the sun to stand still. How many of y'all this last week, I hope inside of your heart after that message last week said, you know what, I can have some crazy ridiculous faith to believe God. If Joshua asked for the sun to stand still and it did it, all things are possible with God. I promise you that it was resonating on the inside of my heart that, you know what, I'm going to call those things that aren't as though they were that I'm going to live by the spiritual principle that Joshua had in Joshua 1.8. For this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do everything that is written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have great success. 
And because of that spiritual law, he knew this, that I can say, Mark eleven twenty three and 24, I can say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in sea and not doubt my heart, and it will be done for me. Can I tell you, there is a spiritual weapon in the spiritual law that each and every one of us have, and it is the tongue. I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all believe it's the tongue? I believe it with all my heart. The Bible says that death and life is in the power of the All right, I'm making sure you're paying attention this morning. And even looking at this particular text here, what I see in this text is an angel comes and sits down next to a guy that is at a weak place in his life, and if he can just get him to say the right things about himself, he will get him at the place where he needs to be. And and so the rest of the text is this, and I want you to read it. He finally gets on board that the Lord is speaking to him, even though he's at a place that he's weak. Even though that he's, that he's at a place of vulnerability, even though he's at a place where his whole country is in shambles, he finally realizes that the Lord is speaking to him. He, in fact, he says, you wait here. I'm going to go make an offering for you, God. And so after the story that we just read here, he goes and he, he makes some bread and he, makes some, uh, he puts a goat and he, he makes this broth and he takes it to the angel. The angel puts it on a rock and he pours the broth everything that he prepared and it lights it on fire and so he says okay God I hear that you're speaking to me is there anything that you would like me to do and he he said I want you to tear down uh, um, the altars to Baal and I want you to tear down the altars to the Asherah and I, I want you to make an offering to me and so he goes and he does that because of his obedience um the Lord begins to promote him and people begin to see the favor of the Lord upon him and if you know the story what he does and, and I just want to briefly tell you this, and I want you to go and read this. But he says, God, you're going to have to show me a sign that you really want to use me to make a difference inside of my nation today. And he says, if, if you're wanting to use me, I'm going to put this fleece out in the morning. And if there is dew on the fleece and not on the ground, then I'll serve you. And so the next morning, there is dew on the fleece and not on the ground. And so he says, all right, God, one more chance. I want dew on the ground and not on the fleece. And the next morning, it happens. How many of y'all know we need to just take God at his word the first time? Come on, I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all know that you're the head, not the tail? You're above only and not beneath. We need to take him at his word the first time. But what I love about this story, that even though he didn't take him at his word the first time, God had grace for him. How many of y'all thankful for the grace of God, the mercy of God for the first time, this first chance, the second chance, the third chance? I'm the only one. Come on, aren't you grateful for all the chances God gives you? And so God begins to use him. In fact, they go to this place where they're about to take over the Midianites. He has the attention of this leader, Gideon. In fact, if you know anything about the book of uh, Judges, God uses these people just, these are all these stories. In fact, next week, Samson, it's the same deal of how the Israelites went back into their old wicked ways and God used a deliverer like Gideon, like Samson, uh, all throughout there to Jephthah, uh, to raise the, the army up, to get the eyes of the attention of the people. And so there's 22,000 of them and God says, that's too many. Well, there was way more than that inside the Midian camp. But how many of y'all know he's now trusting God? And so a bunch of them leave, 12,000 leave, and now he has 10,000. God says, that's way too many. He said, the last test I want you to do, I want you to go down to the pond, and those who lick up the water like a dog, those are the ones I want you to keep. There was only 300. And God gave him supernatural wisdom to kill or to take over the Midianite camp. 
of how he did that. It's an amazing story. But the way he gets his attention in this particular text right here, in, in Judges chapter 6, where, where I want to pick up is, we've already read this, but there is chaos in the land. And the Amalekites, they were vicious warriors. In fact, we, we read about them even in the book of Samuel. In fact, I've read several commentaries that I, I believe this. I believe Samuel wrote the book of Judges. <clears throat> now, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not saying thou say it the Lord, but I, I believe this. And in the, the writing of, of Samuel, he talks about the Amalekites. And what, when, when they go against them, what, take out the women, the children. Why were they supposed to do that? Because the Amalekites did the same thing. The Amalekites, when they would come into a territory, they would take out the women. They'd take out the children. They'd take out the infants. They would leave nothing there. They were vicious, vicious people. And the Midianites, they weren't as bad, but they, wanted to t- they took over Israel as well. But the Bible tells us in verse 1, because of the evil that Israel did in the sight of the Lord. How many of y'all know, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap? Yeah. All right? If, if you set up your life for failure, you will, if you sow seeds of failure, you will live a failed life. And so they begin to do this, and the Bible says it puts them in the hand of the Midian. But what you need to see is this. As I read this, um, this last time, the Amalekites and the Midianites, they weren't even friends. They weren't even partners. But how many of y'all know uh, you can have some haters out there that they may hate each other, but if they have one thing in common of hating you, they will get together on that. Y'all hadn't lived enough life as I have, I guess. How many of y'all know there's people out there, they may not can't stand each other, but one thing they have in common is not liking you, and so they will get on board with one another. How many of y'all know the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy? And so they, come, they team up with the Midianites, and they come against Israel. Now, Israel is at a place, and I wanted to point this out here, that they're hiding inside of a cave. They're at a place where they're in... in, in uh, they're in the mountains, they're, they're in a dark place, they're in a stronghold, not only in the physical, but in the spiritual. How many of y'all know if you're not careful, your physical life will bleed over into your spiritual life? I'm going to say that one more time. Your physical life will bleed off into your spiritual life. Can I tell you, when I'm disciplined in my physical body, I'm more disciplined in my spiritual body? Y'all don't believe me? I'm telling you, when I'm more regiment to do things, like one of the things going back to school, I'll tell you this, I, I am thankful for the routine of some things. Getting back into the gym, and those, I'm not saying that I quit reading my Bible through, through the summertime. I promise you, I don't do that. But I will say this, when I'm more regimented in my physical body, it bleeds over into my spiritual life. And so, if, if, uh, so they're in a hiding place in the physical And I see this in the spiritual as well, that they're hiding. And the Lord begins to use their enemies to teach them. How many of y'all know you've had some enemies in your life teach you some things? Whether it be good or whether it be bad. There has been some things that you've gone through in your life that you either say, I'll never do that again or I'll do it the same way that I did it the way I did it before. And so God is using these enemies. It's not because they're stronger than them. It's not because they're more mightier than them. It's because these Israelites were out of control. How many of y'all know we can point fingers all we want to at the land of Israel, but we've all been there? When the finances are good, we're good. When relationships are good, we're good. When everything is great, hey, we're dandy. But when it's bad, it's bad. 
And what happens is, as I see it all the time, inside of here, you have a conflict with your children, you're in the house of God. You have a conflict with your, your finances, you're in the house of God. You know what God wants? God wants consistency. Come on. How many of y'all know what God wants consistency? God, what, so what happens here, it's not because the, the enemy was stronger than them or bigger than them. It's because they were out of control and they needed some humility in their life. And all, they had already sent a prophet. They didn't open their eyes. But what I love about the text, are you ready to go with me into the text? Yes. <clears throat> I'm so excited to share this with you. Pastor Brandy helped me out with some points yesterday. And, uh, but I love it right here. It says in verse 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree at Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite. And his son Gideon was beating wheat in the wine press instead of the threshing floor to save it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O brave man. Now, the first thing that I want you to picture is this. Here is a guy that we know is from the weakest tribe of Manasseh. And he's the youngest inside of his family. And what is he doing? He is beating the chaff inside indoors. The first thing that you need to know about this, when you beat the chaff, you need to do it out where the wind blows because what is it doing? It's separating the bad from the good. You also, just as a side note or an underscore that I want to throw out there, he's in a place, he is in a wine press. What is a wine press? A wine press is a place of transition. It's a place where the grape becomes wine. But it's also where the wheat is becoming bread. But I see this when I read it this time. When I look back on this text, this angel comes down and he looks at this guy that this guy thinks he is a farmer. We obviously know this, that he knows he's from the weakest tribe. In fact, you read the book of Judges, they almost take out the, whole, the, 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 the tribe of Manasseh because they were so weak. So on top of that, he knows his family history how many of y'all know knowing your family history? If you're not careful, the enemy will use that in your head to think that you're worse than you really are. Come on. And so this, well, the Lord showed me this. As, as, as I begin to break this text down, this angel comes and he is watching him beat wheat in a hiding place and he is separating the good from the bad the bad is all over the place. He's in a place of transition. And this angel is looking at him, and he's thinking to himself, what you're doing to the wheat, I'm about to do to you. Are you getting me? What you're doing to the wheat, like what you're doing in your life today that you think is so mundane and just going through the motions, I'm here to tell you God wants to use that to advance you to where you need to go. Are you hearing me? And so this angel is sitting here and he is watching him. And he says, you think you're a farmer, but you're so much more than that. I want to tell the mamas today, you think that you're just a mama? You're so much more than that. God has called you to speak the oracles of God into your children's life. You may just think you're a grandma. Listen up, grandma. You might be a grandma or you might just be still a mama that... You ain't got no grandkids or whatever it is. I'm just here to tell you that you're not just that. You're so much more than that. 
You're so much more than that. You might be a dad or a business owner or whoever you are in here that you've gone through the motions. I'm just a plumber. No, God wants to use you for such a time as this. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm just a teacher. No, you're not just a teacher. What I'm looking at is an angel talking to a guy of something that he's really not, but he thinks that he is because everybody's told him that he was. Like, you may have an uncle that told you you're a failure, and still to this day, if you're not careful, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And if you don't curse those things, you'll always be, end up being a failure. But God sent me this morning as an angel of God. I'm not saying I am an angel, but I am saying this. That if God sent an angel to Gideon, God sent a word for you today to tell you this. You're not just a grandpa. You're not just an Amarilloan. You're not just a teacher. You're not just an electrician. You're not just a popcorn maker. You're not just a dad. You're more than that. Are you hearing me? You're more than that. In fact, think about this. Go with me in the text. He is hiding his gift. How many of y'all know it's a gift, especially when for years, uh, for quite some time, every time they put seed in the ground, the enemy comes and takes it away from them. So finally, now that they have a harvest, there it is. He's hiding his harvest. How many of y'all have ever hid your harvest before? I've hid mine. Like, I'll be honest with you, right now, I got this guy, and I, in second service, you know, when I'm online or whatever, I got this guy, he loves me so much, he writes me hate mail all the time. I mean, if I read this stuff to y'all, it'd be terrible, terrible. I'm, I'm telling you, you would think, oh, my, and this guy has no clue who I am, no clue who I am, and the things that he says about me is absolutely false, but, oh well, but... You know what I'll do? Even though I say it doesn't bother me, I find myself to where even things with my kids, because I've posted so many things with my kids, that he has said terrible things about me, my children, all this stuff, that I will want to hide. You're like, well, block him. I do block him, but he comes back on an alias and puts something else on there. You're like, Pastor, I don't get that. Well, do you get this? Like, I can't wear that because they're going to think that I make more than I really make. Or I can't drive that because then they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know what they're going to think. Can I be honest with you? There's been times in my life where I've done that here pastor in this church. That I can fall into that ditch of hiding my harvest. But you know what? And, and falling into, well, what are they going to think about the pastor? Because... He has that car or he has that house. I'm telling you, the enemy will talk you out of having the harvest that you need to have. People don't know all the hands and things that I have. Some of y'all do, the things that I do. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. But there's something inside of my head that the enemy will talk me out of praising God for the harvest that he has given me. I'm telling you what we need to do is lift our voice and raise our hands and thank him. How many of y'all some blessed people out there? Don't hide the harvest. Don't hide the harvest. Don't talk to you out of what God has given you. Are you guys getting something out of the text so far? Like, don't hide your gifting and be in the cave. I was talking to Pastor Brandy about this yesterday, and she's the one who pointed this out to me. 
But so many people, they hide their gifting or they put it away. Like, ooh, if, what were some examples you gave me, honey? Yeah, being talented and, 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 you know, having a gifting upon your life and saying, having the enemy talk you out of that, ah, there's not enough time for me to do those types of things. Or when I have enough time, I'll do those types of things. Serve in the kingdom of God. What is he doing? He's hiding it. See, the enemy wants you to make you feel guilty of the gifting God has given you. Are you hearing me? He'll do it. Have you ever been around people that are so insecure you're afraid to say anything because they will twist it and somehow make you feel guilty? Come on. I'm just here to open eyes to see and ears to hear today that God has gifted us with some things and we need to give him praise for it. Are you hearing me? But what I love about this, when I read it this time, here is a guy beating wheat in hiding And he's inside of a place, and the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, The Lord is with you, O brave man. He is the opposite of all those things. Do you agree with me? And I thought to myself, what the angel is doing is what I do every single week with you guys. Like, how many of y'all come in on a Sunday morning? It's like, if it wasn't for church on Sunday morning... I would be in a cave, in a stronghold, in a dark place. I wouldn't be able to make it throughout the week. Come on, who can be honest with me? Come on, there's times in my life. There's times in my life where I think to my, you know, I, I cannot wait to get to the house of God. Because I'm going to talk myself in it. That I am the head and not the tail. I'm going to tell some people today, you may have been hiding on Friday. You may have been in a stronghold on Thursday. You may have got that phone call on Wednesday. You may have gotten that text message on Tuesday. You may have watched the news. But I'm just here to tell you, you're the head and not the tail. You're a mighty man of valor. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Are you hearing me? Come on, I'm going to say the, speak those things that aren't as though they were. I'm not going to be led by what I feel, led by what I see. Even though I may feel like I'm in a cave hiding, I'm going to declare today over you. Come on. That's what's he trying to say. I want you to... Uh, the angel is trying to get him to see, you don't, you don't need to be led by your emotions or how you feel or what you see at the moment. You need to be led by, the, what, by what the word of the Lord says. Are you hearing me? <laughs> Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. His grace is sufficient for me. His mercy is everlasting to everlasting. So he says, you mighty man of valor. And then the next scripture I have so much more that I could go on this, but I really want to get to this next part because in verse 13, he says, but Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where all his wondrous works, which our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian? You know, as I read this this time, I thought to myself, I can't point any fingers at Gideon because I've done the same thing in my life. I may have not said it with my mouth, but I've thought it inside of my heart and in my head. But he's mad because he heard stories, but they seem to be unreasonable. Like how many times have y'all come to the house of God and, and somebody gives a testimony about a healing? 
And you think to yourself, well, you healed them, but you haven't healed me. You provided for them, but why aren't you providing for me? He's saying to himself, if God was this good, why is this happening to me? How many of y'all have ever felt like this before? All right. If you didn't raise your hand, you must be an angel. (laughs) And give us a word from God today. You know what he was saying? I believe this, Pastor Robert. He's saying it's easier for me to be upset at the Lord than to take responsibility for the mistakes that me and my country has made. Let that soak in. Can I tell you, there's so many people, and me being one of them, I don't want ever want you to think that I've, the reason that I say these things is because I've felt these things before. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. There's times where I think to myself, it'd be so much easier for me to be mad at God than rather to take the responsibility of the mistakes that I've made. Because I'll say it again, how many of y'all know whether or not you know it or not, whatever man sows, that shall he also reap? And like, even if you're a child inside of a home, you might be reaping things that have been sown by parents. That's right. It's a spiritual principle. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that God hasn't abandoned us, but, it, but what it does is open our eyes to see just like this. Even though those seeds have been planted, you're a mighty man of valor. Yes. You're not what they said you were. You're so much better than that. You're different. Are you hearing me? Then I believe he's asking this. How could you bless the Midianites and the Amalekites and not me? How many of you have ever done that before? You scroll through Facebook and you see this picture that is so unreasonable. It's like, you know the picture of all the kids and they're all smiling, even the dog is. And we think to ourselves, how do they do that? I can't do that. They don't tell you how long they were there. Right? I mean, we see the highlight reel, and we compare ourselves to somebody's highlight reel, but they put one picture of the 578 pictures that they took. And in our mind, we think to ourselves, I know the dirt on so-and-so. I know what he did to the neighbor. I know what she's been saying, and blah, 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 blah. Do I need to get even more detailed? See, if we're not careful, one picture or scroll through Instagram or Facebook or anything like that, We can find ourselves, we can point fingers at Gideon all we want to of him saying, hey, you did it for them, but you're not doing it for me. Why are the Amalekites blessed? Why are the Bennets blessed and I'm blessed? Because I know this about the Bennets. I'm telling you, that is a trap you don't want to be in. What's he trying to do? He's trying to talk himself out of what God wants him to do. See, we get mad when God doesn't work the way we expected him to. Look at this, read it. He says, All these wondrous works which our fathers told us about, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us. See, in my mind, he's waiting for a deliverer. And there's many of you in here, God did it for you a particular one way before, and you're stuck. Can I tell you, God has more than one way to move. Are you hearing me? Like there's people that... You think it's going to come in the same exact way it came in before. In essence, what you're saying is this, God, you work for me. Can I tell you something? Thou saith the Lord, God don't work for you. Come on. God don't work for you. 
And what he's trying to open his eyes to see is, hey, you're looking for a deliverer to part a Red Sea. You're looking for a Joshua to call the sun to stand still. I'm talking to you, almighty man of valor. You don't have to wait for Joshua. You don't have to wait for Moses. The same God that was in Moses and the same God that was in Joshua is the same God that's on the inside of you. So you don't have to wait for some miraculous thing to happen. God wants to use you. And God told me to tell you that this morning. So many times we get stuck. We, we'll, we'll go to the same meetings and we're looking for God to do the same things that he did. Can I tell you, the, God did different things in Genesis that he did in Exodus. He's God. He can do anything. All things are possible. He can make the sun stand still. He can part the Red Sea. The lame can walk. The blind can see. The deaf can hear. Let's not get stuck in one area just because we need it to fit our little box of what God needs to be. Can I'm here to tell you, just like he's telling Gideon that, he's proven it in himself. I'm so much more. And because of me on the inside of you, you're so much more. Are you seeing what I'm trying to paint this morning? I hope you're getting this inside of your heart. See, what was happening to the wheat was actually happening on the inside of Gideon. At a place of transition, see, there was some things that were being beaten away. There was mindsets. There was attitudes. See, when you beat the wheat, what begins to happen? The, it, it separates the parts that you don't need. See, it, it had all of those uh, places on the wheat there that kept everything together. But then when you would beat the chaff, what you're doing is, and you do it out in the wind, where it would blow the bad part away, and this good part would keep it for bread. And see, what he's doing is, is he begins to ask these questions, and God calls him, oh, you mighty man of valor. And then he tells him, use what is in your hand to defeat them. What is he doing? See, as the wheat was in transition, so was he. Hey, I'm getting rid of mindsets. I'm getting rid of, of intimidations. I'm getting rid of attitudes, and I'm getting rid of all these things so you can focus on, because I am the bread of life. Are you hearing me this morning? I, like, I want to go so much deeper, but, I, but try not to because the word here is so much richer than that. He's calling those things that aren't as though they were. And then in verse 14, what does it say? It says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Another translation says, go in the strength that you have. And can I tell you, this is... This is something that God uses all from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelations. God uses whatever's in your hand. Can I tell you, God uses the natural to show us the supernatural. And what was in the hand of Moses? It was a staff, but what did he tell him? He said, use what is in your hand. I think of so many things. You know, you think it's just five loaves and two fish, but can you know, you know, because of what was inside of his hand, it fed 5,000 people, actually more than that. Come on, Come on how many of y'all know there is something that's in our hand? In 2 Kings chapter 4, where Elisha is at the widow's house, and what does he, she comes to him and says, hey, the creditors come and take my boys. And he says to her, what is in your house? And I want to ask some people today, what is in your house? See, you're thinking to yourself, I'm just a mama. No, 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 no. No, no, you're more than that. In fact, the things that God has anointed you as mama to do, there are some things in the body of Christ that needs that anointing of mama. Amen. To rock babies, Amen. teach kids. 
Come on, be organized. You're like, well, I'm not any of those things. Listen, I promise you, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. There is something on your life. There is something in your hand. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Lots of times, and see, what I love about this, he tries to talk himself out of it. Let's go ahead and go to verse 15. But Gideon said to him, please, Lord, I am to rescue, for I am, please, Lord, how am I to rescue Israel? Behold, my, my family is the least significant Manasseh, and I'm the youngest, smallest in my father's house. He tries to talk himself out, out of this. And last night at a dinner table, I said this, and I didn't see it till I said it. But I don't think this is the first time that he said this. Now, I know it's the word of God, but I know in my own life, there has been times that I've thought something inside of my head. And my first initial reaction is this, don't expect too much out of me. Like he's saying this, I didn't have the same chances that these other tribes had. Like if you want someone better, you should have got my brother that's older than me. How many times will we talk ourselves out of what God has in store for us, even the forgiveness of God, because we say, you don't know what I did? Like I know what other people have done, but mine is so much worse. Sin is sin, and God covers a multitude of sin. How many of y'all know he covers all sin? And lots of times if we're not careful, we'll, we'll... you will say to God, don't expect too much out of me. See, I, I, are you, I'm the youngest in my tribe. I, I'm, I'm not tall enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not old enough. Can I tell you all the time inside of my head, the enemy wants to do this to me? You're not old enough to pastor a church. Can I just be real honest with you? There's times on Sunday afternoons where I say things behind the pulpit and microphone where the enemy beats me up all the time. Can you believe you said that? There is times that I really do that. And I repent. I'm like, Lord, forgive me. People are going to leave your church. Can I tell you? Right here. Right here inside of your head. The enemy wants to talk you out of your victory for your life. And if you're not careful, you will talk yourself out of it too. I don't have the right personality for that. Or, or um, because of something that happened two years ago, the enemy brings that back. Come on, I'm talking to somebody this morning of something that, that you haven't even forgiven yourself over, but, but what, what is he doing? He, 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 what he's doing is it gives him the opportunity to blame someone else. I'm blaming now my daddy. I've blamed God. I'm blaming my siblings. And when we do that, it gives you a license to stay right where you are. Can I tell you, feelings can never be trusted. The enemy wants to keep you right where you are. Like you come here on a Sunday morning, you, you, you see and you hear testimonies of people that have been blessed. And you think to yourself, well, I, just like Gideon did right here, well, they did it for them, but they won't do it for me. And the reason that he won't do it for me is because of yada, 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 yada. 
I'm telling you, this, this story is in the Bible today. To show people like you and me, you're not what society tells you you are. You're not what family members have told you that you are. You're so much more, Isaac. You're so much more. Like, I know you drum. I know you play piano. I know you play guitar. I know you're good with sound. But don't ever get stuck there because God has so much more. How many of y'all know that? He doesn't qualify the called. Oh, we're sorry. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He's so much more. He's so much more. You, you came in today and you said, well, I just, you, you're like Gideon. I, I think I'm a farmer. No, you're not. You're a mighty man of valor. Come on, who needs to hear this today? You're a mighty man. You're a mighty man of valor. Then what does it go on to say? It says, the Lord answered him, I will certainly be with you and you will strike down the Midianites as one man if, if, if there were only one man. See, God had more for him. Let's all stand to our feet. God had more for him than what he just saw himself as. And I just want to bring it to an end, and I'm going to remind people of who you are. I want to remind you that you're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. I want to remind you, you uh, some people in here, you're not just a mama. You're not just a daddy. Come on, you're not just a son. You're not just a daughter. You're so much more than that. I want to remind some people of what the word says in Ephesians 2.10, that I am God's workmanship created in Christ into God, God, good works. I, I want to remind some people of second, or, or 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 4. It says, God has shown me to be his very own. I want to remind some people that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How many of y'all thankful for that? I want to speak over you, 1 John 4 and verse 4. It says, I have the greater one living on the inside of me who is in the world. Isaiah 54, 14 says, I am far from oppression, and fear does not have a hold on me. I am born of God. The enemy has no hold on me or on my family. I have the mind of Christ, and I can live free from anxiety and depression. My hands carry the power of the Holy Spirit to lay hands on the sick and that they will recover. That I can cast out generational curses and demonic spirits that influence me in my home. I believe Luke 10 that says I have power over the enemy and nothing shall harm me. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I will say of the Lord that he's my refuge and my fortress. In him I will put my trust. Come on, I believe that I am firmly rooted, built up, established in my faith, and overflowing with gratitude. I am called of God to be a voice over his praise. I am strengthened with all my might according to God's power. I press on in my calling toward God to the goal to receive the eternal prize. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I'm a doer of the word and blessed in my actions. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony. Come on. I am those things. I am those things. Listen, you may be in a place today that you're in a place of transition. Don't think it's a bad thing. Like there may be some people that's walking out on you today. There's family members. There's things that you don't understand. Can I tell you the best workouts I've had in my life 
is where I've had to balance and work out at the same time. See, why is it a good workout? Because I don't know what is stable underneath me. And because of that, I've got to use core strength to keep me standing up. I'm just here to tell some people today, your foundation under you may be rocky, but God is strengthening you right now in the places of where you need to go. Are you getting that? Are you getting that in your heart? And I feel the same way like the angel came to me, said, you know what? You think you're beating the chaff away? I'm going to beat it off of you of what needs to be away from you. And I'm going to call you the opposite of what everybody else has called you. They've called you a failure. failure. They've called you, you know what they've called you. But I'm here to tell you, you're not those things. You're so much more. (laughs) You're a mighty man of valor. You're not just an electrician. You're a mighty man of valor. You're not just a singer. You're a mighty man of valor. You're not just a builder of some sort. You're a mighty man of valor. You're not just a bow salesman and an axe-throwing company. You're so much more. You're so much more. You're not just a truck driver. You're so much more, Lo. You're so much more. Doesn't matter what they've said. Just want to tell you by the Spirit of God, you're so much more. You're so much more. You're more than a drilling company. Well, company, you're so much more. You're more than an insurance adjusters. You're so much more. You're so much more. You're so much more. So much more. Are you feeling me this morning? It's so much more. I hope you get it in your heart today. I hope you get it in your heart. I hope you get it in your heart. I believe this word is for somebody. So much more. You're so much more. Oh, mighty man or woman of valor. Come on. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for stories like Gideon that builds our faith. That in times where it's heavy, in times where it's the ground beneath us, people have walked out, turned their backs on us, and not realize everything and the position and the and and they wouldn't be who they are without us, Lord. Forgive us of, or forgive me, God, of times where I've been that way. But God, I, I just pray right now in Jesus' name. I pray that faith is being built up on the inside of somebody's heart today. That they would not be led by their emotions of who they were or what they was. But who they are today. Mighty man. 
Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.